Hello, and welcome to Hotivities. My name is Danny, and I will be your host along this journey. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the experience. Carson, we're here today. <laughs> we're excited. We are. Yes, 100%. I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> Good. I feel like we should give our listeners a little bit of backstory of who we are and like how we know each other, our connections. I agree. I think, I mean, we always wanted to put, you know, a little history in everything. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Growing up, we definitely were from, you know, a very small town in East Mm -hmm. Texas, Um, and it was definitely full of adventures, I can tell you that, especially whenever we would go down to the farm, Um, and you know, the other day, I was just thinking, and I could not remember for the life of me, of, was it the thing that we called it? The thing? I think it was the thing, like... The thing. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, because I was thinking about things that I used to be like scared of whenever I was younger, uh-huh. and I remember we had each other like convinced that there was the thing uh, in the woods. <laughs> I would tell so many stories and try to make him as gruesome as possible, especially right. around Halloween. I'd be like, "Yeah, the the thing is gonna come into your room, drag you out, gouge your eyeballs out. You're never gonna be seen again." Right. Yeah, and it was very believable because it was very sketch down at the farm. Very sketch, especially at night. I'm still afraid to go down there at night. Me too. Me too. Because you open. Like, you open the door to, like, the clubhouse. Holy smokes. It just feels like there's a million, like, dead people watching you. Oh, and backstory about the clubhouse. It's, like, this big red house that um, all these people, will, like, will have get-togethers at, crawfish boils at, you know. And there's all these rooms. There's one big main room, and then there's, like, ten bedrooms leading off of the main room and there's a kitchen and like um like a smokehouse thing so it's like out in the middle of nowhere actually nowhere yeah <laughs> like it would take you probably like 20 25 minutes i mean that sounds short but whenever you're driving out into the middle of the woods like it's you're out there like no cell phone service literally no, no cell phone service <laughs> yeah yeah, definitely. Like, I was always afraid that if something bad was going to happen, like, and I would try to call 911, like, would they find me? No. Maybe. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So there's that one. And then I remember one time um, when we went horseback riding. I don't know if you remember that. Jog my memory. So um, we were, I think we were in, like, fifth grade. Okay, yeah. It was, like, like young. Yeah, yeah. And my dad had driven me down to the pasture that is in the back where the barn is. Mm-hmm. Not, like, the front barn, but the other barn. Yeah. 
And so um, I remember riding horses with you, and you were so good, and I was so jealous. <laughs> I was like, I'm over here about to fall off of this horse, and Danielle is just galloping along. Uh, no one ever believes me. Whenever I tell them, like, yeah, like, I grew up on a farm, like, we had horses, they're like, what? Like, no. Like a literal farm, like chickens and everything. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, look at all those chickens. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, I remember I remember when that first came out and Kaysen was obsessed with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we go so far back and all those trips to South Texas and West Texas. Yeah. Uh, those are the good times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when I was pretty yee back then. You were. Especially growing up in such a conservative town and like place in Texas. How was that, like, coming out and stuff like that? So, I'm not going to say it was easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because it definitely was not. And it's definitely something that... Let me choose my words wisely. Yeah. Um, I would say that I wouldn't want anyone to have to experience what I experienced. Mm-hmm. Not saying that I had it the worst yeah but I definitely would not want anyone else to have to experience what I experienced so real like we're gonna get real real tonight dang young okay good good (laughs) so yeah it was definitely a challenge um so I don't know most people don't know this um because I really wasn't vocal about it in high school um but I definitely was bullied a lot um because I was gay. Mm-hmm. And even though that whenever I lived in Lufkin, I wasn't like open and really like out about it, everybody still knew. I mean, I didn't do a very good job at hiding it anyway. So yeah. <laughs> definitely, um, everybody still knew. Um, whenever I moved from Hudson to Piney Woods, so Hudson is the high school that we went to, every mm-hmm. guys. Oh my God, that was not English. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So, Hudson is the the school that we went to. It's, like, the school district that we went to. And then after I went from Hudson and moved to Piney Woods, Piney Woods is where I really got bullied at first. And then, obviously, like, I shut that down fast. But I did get bullied. I got pushed into the walls at one point. Um, I got called all kinds of, like, names. It, I won't say it didn't bother me. Like, it bothered me then, but, like, yeah. it's not what affects me Fuck now. Them. Tell me who it is. I'll go beat them up. Like, dead yeah, ass. I will go fight them. Like, you're telling me this. I'm, like, getting angry. So like, crazy. Just a little quick side note. The person who bullied me the most in high school for being gay is now a lesbian. I feel like that happens a lot more than, like, you would think. You know what I mean? Yeah, like. I realized it really was just her own like her own battle with her own self image that yeah. she was like projecting mm-hmm. and I definitely won't say that growing up in East Texas and being gay was easy um, but I wouldn't have changed it for the world because it made me who I am today and so I definitely am I wouldn't say grateful for all the shit that I've been through mm-hmm. but I mean it is what it is and you can only make the best of the situation so 
I don't want to, this is going to sound so cliche, but like, um, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of true in like the sense, like you're like so amazing. And the sense of my tattoo, so I have a tattoo right here mm-hmm. that says I wasn't built to break. And so like everything that you like go through, like nothing can break you unless you let it. So, so would you say that, would you say that coming out like is important to people? Like, is it? Is it important, like, in an aspect that's, like, personal and also, like, say, like, with families and stuff like that? Of um, So, when it comes to gay culture, it definitely, like, coming out is very important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because it's basically, like, the birth of us. Like, it's like the birth of actually, yeah. like, who we actually are. And so we take a lot of time and consideration into it mm-hmm. trying to decide who we're going to tell first or you know when we're going to tell it or you know how's everyone going to react and so we definitely take a lot of time to you know think about that and it's different for everyone because you know it depends on you know like where i was raised like i didn't my dad didn't find out until i was like 17 yeah um but my mom, on the other hand, found out when I was 13. Yeah, that's so I see. My mom didn't really have the same mindset as my dad. And so I was more comfortable coming out to my mom because she was more accepting and my dad was less accepting. And so we take a lot of time and consideration into who we picked she's like to tell first. The first person that I told was my Nana. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, wow, this is horrible. I was like seven years old. And I remember sitting at the counter with my Nana and I was like, Nana. And she was like, what baby? And I was like, Nana. I was like, I think I'm going to hell. <laughs> and she was like, why? And I was like, because I, li- I think I like boys. And she was like, you can love whoever you want, baby. You're not going to hell. No, like, that's so sweet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I told my Nana first, and then I told my mom and my sister by text. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and I remember, I, I can remember to the very detail of the color of my comforter on the bed. Oh, my gosh. That was a very important memory. Right, exactly. I like my. I had a blue comforter. Um, my walls were blue. Um, I had like a twin bed. Mm-hmm. Like I remember everything. And so it's a very important memory, like you said. And so it definitely coming out is very important to us, and especially, especially whenever we get to decide. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? And so. But, and so, like, in this instance where my dad found out, I didn't have the chance to tell him myself. Mm-hmm. Somebody got mad for something that I had done. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even do anything bad. I didn't even do anything bad. Like, nothing illegal, nothing sexual. Like, nothing. I didn't do yeah. anything bad. And they felt like they had the... Like, that they were in a place to go and tell my dad. And... Right, that's, exactly. That's so personal, you know? Like, that's not... Right, like, it was their place. Exactly. In any situation. 
And so my dad found out, my dad was not very accepting. Um, my dad, I mean, you know, our dads are tough. Like yeah. our dads are like manly men and they like, they're not, they're very loving and you never doubt them. like they love you. Like, you know, they love you. It's just, they're so macho and manly. Like it's hard to see them any other way than such a man. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I, I think and, it's hard for them to see themselves as any other way, you know, and right. like hard to be any other thing that like that they've been being for so long, if that makes sense. Exactly. Because until I come along, my dad didn't have to think about that situation. Yeah. You know, that was in a reality for him, so he never had to prepare himself, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and learn how to be accepting. Because, I mean, everyone around me was like the stereotypical white, hetero, like, yeah, you know, seriously. There wasn't like anybody who was out of the box. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I didn't get to tell my dad myself. And so that had a lot of, I wouldn't say repercussions, but like, it definitely threw like me through like a whirlwind because mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for my dad to know. And I basically was just like, it's like throwing the baby into the water and like hoping that they'll float. Yeah, exactly. Like I wasn't ready and like I just got thrown into that situation. And I will say that me and my dad's relationship has been very, very rocky um, ever since really my parents got a divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad's gotten so much better now. That's and good. so like he's very accepting and he's like, he's apologized for everything that he's done and said. And good. so like, yeah, we're like, me and my dad are in a good place now, and I'm really happy for that. Um, and so, because my dad knows now, um, and everyone actually, I everyone knows now. Like I don't hide it anymore. Like mm-hmm. I'm a flaming homosexual, and that's just how it is. <laughs> and so I don't hide it at all. And so now I'm publicly open with my relationships. And so it's exciting because I get to actually like be proud of who I am and be proud mm-hmm. to be in a monogamous relationship with someone. Yeah. Because yeah. one thing that most people don't understand when it comes to gay culture is that as a gay person and somebody in the community is like myself, I I believe that other gays hypersexualize themselves. Okay. In and what way? So it, it meaning like there's a stigma in the gay community that we're hypersexualized. Okay, yeah. Okay. And that's not the case. But since there's a few, it's just like whenever like they assume that one specific race or one specific gender has, you know, higher crime or is smarter or like there's like a small amount of people doing bad things mm-hmm. in one community. That's all they see. Would you say it's because maybe some of those people who are um, being that way are like more, say, more influential maybe through like media or like they're like putting like what they 
like their actions yeah. so far yeah. out there that like they're drawing that stigma to them and like a, other people if that makes sense yeah yeah definitely. Definitely. and I think that's why most people have an issue with it like the people in like East Texas have an issue with being gay is that whenever they think of being gay, all they think of is like being negative. Like all, mm-hmm. like they only think of negative things because they've never seen a stable gay relationship, a monogamous gay relationship, Yeah, you know? And so they don't have anything else to go off of. Exactly. Yeah. Like they, so that just comes down to knowledge and like being like taught these things and like being aware of like your surroundings and like it's not even that it kind of like angers me whenever people um will be so so for example let's say like um let's use I guess East Texas because that's what we're talking about um they don't know about that because they don't take time to learn about it you know and I think that definitely should be something that people are learning about and like understanding and yeah for sure um, yeah, I mean, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> yeah. If anything, there's more and more of us every day. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Like, because our generation, I'm so proud of our generation because we are a generation of acceptance and, like, love. Like, yeah. we, we are far more accepting than, like, our sister's generation. Mm-hmm. It just makes me so proud of our generation because we do, we accept people. We're like, you know what? You live your life. You do you. And I'm going to do me and that's okay. Exactly. And I think that our generation is so accepting and it makes me so proud because we're okay with all these different lifestyles. Mm -hmm. Because we're all okay with it, everyone's getting more and more comfortable being who they are. Yeah, I completely agree. So... What would you say is, like, the psychological impact of, like, like the decriminalization and, like, stereotyping of the gay culture? So, it definitely, I can only speak from experience and myself because I mm-hmm. can't speak for the entire community because, I mean, it's so large. Of course, yeah. My personal opinion, when it comes to decriminalization, I, it definitely it it's liberating whenever there's these small movements or these laws or just small little things that can no longer affect me in a negative way mm-hmm. like whenever the marriage act was passed like everyone was celebrating because yeah, that was that. one last thing that people are trying to keep from us mm-hmm and so that that was liberating i loved that i was super excited i was in the closet at the time i was like thir- 13 or 12 mm-hmm. i think i turned 13 and i was on a cruise when i found out <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> i got on the boat and everyone was celebrating and i was like what's everyone celebrating for and they're like president president obama just made gay marriage legal and i was like oh my god like because that means that I can actually have my own family exactly like you can have like your own life that's right that's so amazing that uh yeah so when it comes to decriminalization it's definitely liberating Mm -hmm. um 
one thing that I'm like advocating for is so in the state of Texas, um, you can still be fired for being gay. And so you can still be fired and they can outright say, you're gay, we're firing you, we don't want you here. And you can't even sue them for discrimination. Deadass, I had no idea. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and one thing that I'm trying to help fight for is like making that illegal. Yeah. Um, Because I don't think that that's fair. It's definitely not fair. Like, like, that's definitely not okay. Like, how does it, one, even affect, in most cases, how does it affect their workplace, you know? Like, how is that a hindering, like, on your ability to do, like, a job, you know? It's not. Mm -mm. And so that's one thing that, like, I'm hoping will get decriminalized, or not decriminalized, but criminalized, I guess. Like, I want that protection to be there. Another Mm -hmm. thing that I think is crazy when it comes to the law and being gay is that in the state of Texas, no one's used this before, or no one's used this here recently, mm-hmm. but there's a law called the the gay panic law. Okay, what is that? Is, is that if a straight person basically assaults a gay person, mm-hmm. like, and it could be a hate crime, they can be like, I'm beating this person up because they're gay. They can go to court and use the gay panic law and say, I was afraid of my well-being and my safety because they're gay, so I, I killed them. And they can get off. Oh, my god! Right. <laughs> right. So, this another psychological effect of all these laws and things that are in place that people don't really know about is that as a gay person, I have to be careful and I have to basically be scared and worry because you never know if someone knows about that law. Exactly, yeah. And will, like, assault you. (laughs) Dude, oh my gosh. That's, like, that's really bad. Like, that's not okay that that's a law, actually. Like, that's really not okay. Lots of states still. Hmm. So what is like, what are some measures that you are taking or that other people are taking to like help get rid of that? So I personally, um, I, I do anything that I can to volunteer, Mm -hmm. uh, whether that's at the food bank or, you know, with like the election, mainly the election, I, um, volunteered to be a poll watcher and an election judge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I volunteered for that. And then I also volunteered with um, certain political campaigns to be able to, you know, get these people in office, whether it's, you know, city council or, yeah. you know, Senate or regardless of what the race is, you get, you try to get all these people that are in office that not only will fight for your rights, but the rights of everyone because, mm-hmm. As somebody who has less rights than others, I want to make sure that everybody else has equal rights. And so, like, I'm gay fighting for my gay rights, but I'm also fighting for, you know, racial equality, you mm-hmm. know, gender equality. Yeah. All these different 
like because we know what it's like to be discriminated against Mm -hmm. what we're doing well what I'm doing is you know any way that I can help boost you know getting that equality act moved along Mm -hmm. is what I'm going to do so whether that's volunteering at the food bank volunteering at elections you know there's all kinds of things that you can do that are that seems small like yeah I signed up to be a, a texter like for a political campaign where I literally just sat there and texted people like that's something small but you get that person in office that's one more vote towards something good I love that you're doing that actually like you're being so proactive and I I need to take some advice from you I need to feed off your energy because just being proactive for things that you believe in and things that should you believe that need to happen like that's so important you know like change is so important like we should be always progressing to like better like ourselves and like make sure everyone's okay you know and like doing good yeah and so I definitely um there's that saying like be the change you want to see in the world oh yeah I love that one I 100% believe in that like be the change you want to see in the world if you want something be that something Mm mm-hmm Hmm. So, do you have any questions for me? <laughs> so, do you think so? Like, there's like gay culture, and you know, like mm-hmm. there's. I couldn't even begin to explain gay culture, I guess, because there's like drag queens. There's, yeah, there's so many different aspects. There's so many different aspects of gay culture. Um, but with that being said, do you think that there's like such thing as like straight culture? Because like there's gay culture, but like, do you think there's like because you know how like other like ethnic cultures are like you know white people don't have culture <laughs> because we're like a majority you know what I mean? yeah so, do you think that straight people have a culture even though they're ma- the majority you know what I mean um I guess since I guess it's something that's not as profound um, and something that's not as, I guess you would say, written down per se, you know, like that's something that's like, oh, this is what it is, you know, like, um, I guess there's more like what you were talking about, how there's aspects of gay culture. I guess there's some aspects of straight culture and like the same way there's like subdivisions maybe. I wouldn't say that there's like this big, I, I won't use the word nationality, um, I can't think of a better word, but um, to being like straight, which I guess that's not really a good or bad thing. Um, so I wouldn't say that there's necessarily a defined culture for right, straight that's culture. What I was thinking. I was like, there's not really anything that really, like, there's no definitions within straight culture, I'm guessing. But I don't think that, with that being said, I don't think that should be something that should be looked down on or like being like, oh, like y'all don't have culture, like you suck. You know, like it's just, it is what it is. Like you are what you are and like, that's okay. You know, you can be into anything that you want to be. But like, like I said, I don't think there's like a defined type of. I think also is that who gives a crap if it's gay culture, straight culture, any culture, I mean love everybody exactly like, yeah love everybody <laughs> I like that mindset <laughs> yeah so and then I had one more 
actually probably a couple more ditto <laughs> I, I, I down because if i don't i forget everything me thing. too oh my gosh i have so many post-it notes everywhere i'm just like mm-hmm. dude it's like one word <laughs> like what okay yeah, i'm 100 convinced that i have ADD. I really am. I self-diagnose myself. <laughs> WebMD tells me I'm going to die. <laughs> like, that is. Literally, I feel sometimes that I have ADD. It really is, like, I, I probably did use WebMD, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, because I was wondering, like, why in the world can I not remember anything? And apparently that's a sign of ADD. Maybe. So, another question that I had is that when it comes to who you're attracted to, mm-hmm. so when, when it comes to who you're attracted to, do you think that if you grew up with two moms, like, like if you grew up with like two lesbians yeah. as your, or your moms, do you think that you would naturally assume the role as a, a lesbian or would like... Because I feel like that's what some people are afraid of, is that, like, gay people are going to have kids and their kids are going to be gay. So, um, that's actually, that's a really good question. So, with a lot of things dealing with who you are as a person, um, there's two different aspects. There's um, your genes, and then there's your environment. So, it's, it's almost like, they both play a role in everything that you do and like how you are like your mental like everything that you have to do with yourself and I think that even if I did have two moms um I would still have so much environment like school friends you know like media like everything to do with the outside world and also my extended family that I don't think that I might be like different than who I am today yes of course but I don't think that that is a guaranteed like oh I'm gonna be this sexual orientation or like I'm gonna like these type of people you know what I mean like I think that it's more to do with like a combination of everything that you've experienced in your life you know like I yeah does that answer your question like with that being said like you're not it'd be different if like you were you had two lesbian moms and everyone that you knew was a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I guess it would be different, for sure, you know. Um, and also, I do want to... Oh, I'm sorry, what were you saying? So, it's just, like, being straight, like, and being gay. Like, if everyone around you is straight, you like, you'd want to be straight. Yeah, just but... Because. But even if that's not who you are, like, that's just, yeah. like... Wanting to conform, you would want to conform, exactly, and, but in today's world, that's not how it is, so, but I do want to say this, um, in 2005, the American Psychological Association, which is APA, um, they issued an official brief, um, on lesbian and gay parenting, um, and so I just wanted to read that, um, it included a statement saying, Not a single study has found that children of lesbian and gay parents have been disadvantaged in any uh, significant respect relative to the children or heterosexual parents. So, like, there's all these studies that have been done that have, like, been over that, and I don't think that there's any type of, like, disadvantage or 
any type of like damage that could be done to a child that has same-sex parents at all. Um, Honestly, I think it might be an advantage in some aspects because you would understand other people in a way that, you know, people with different sex parents wouldn't be able to understand. You know what I mean? You would would understand more things. I think if I grew up with same-sex parents, I would be different, but I still think I would be who I am today. You know what I mean? I, w- I would have different thoughts of think uh, thoughts about things, but I would still be who I am today. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely think that because at our core, we are who we are supposed to be. Exactly. Yeah. Regardless of the environment that we like, we've grown up in mm-hmm. that we've created. At the end of the day, eventually we are who we are. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying so, to say. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, what would you say would be like your type if you had to choose? Okay, so this gets very confusing okay. for everyone that I try to explain it to because my type has been all over the board felt that right like so my first boyfriend was like five six five no he was five eight mm-hmm. I'm five seven so everyone I'm five seven <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pretty short for a guy um but my ex was like five eight five nine and um with that being said I was shorter Mm-hmm. Yeah, boyfriends, my current boyfriend just got home. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect topic. <laughs> it's like a water break. Right now, my type is... That's the thing. It's that my type has been all over the board. So like yeah. I was saying, is that before, like, I dated this extremely, like, like skinny, white, like, as white as could be. <laughs> that I dated a, he was six five mm-hmm. I'm five seven he was white and then I realized that I am leaning towards Latinos more than white people okay. <laughs> no, white people but now I am leaning towards Latino you know, muscular mm-hmm. and fit, and he's a cheerleader. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, one thing that I always look for in anyone is pretty teeth, and oh, he has yeah. pretty teeth. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I'm like. That's my thing. It's like pretty teeth. Mm-hmm. I've I've heard that. I've heard people who say that. I have a good friend who thinks like pretty teeth are like everything. I'm like, okay, yeah. I I think it's yeah. definitely a big deal. For sure. You have to think if someone has only one eyebrow and someone smiles at them, people aren't gonna notice the eyebrow first. They're gonna notice that so and so's missing a tooth. Yeah. Before You're they right. Realize You're really right, honestly. <laughs> and so, like, that's one thing that you notice first is it's first the teeth, then it's the eyes, then it's everything else. Hmm. I never knew that, actually. First the teeth and the eyes. 
Huh. Yeah, because it's all the things that you look at whenever you're trying to pay attention to someone. Hmm. So Interesting. It's the teeth, the eyes, and then I would next I would say like the nose. Okay, yeah. I yeah. It's I like definitely agree with that. Focus whenever you're trying to pay attention to someone. Mm-hmm. Hmm. No. Okay. But I don't think I really have a specific set type. Um, I guess it's just really whoever I like in the moment. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like whenever you start to control who, like, like whenever you put a label on, like, your type, like, this is my type, then you make your sphere and your, the chances of finding your soulmate smaller smaller you're right you're right so i don't have any specific types how would you say that you find like how do you know that someone is gay or lesbian or whatever so other than straight up just asking okay well i mean yeah like are there any like you know so here's the indicator that i found myself okay so whenever whenever okay well this only works if you're also gay (laughs) So, if you're gay and you look at another man and he looks you back in the eyes and looks at you longer than two seconds, he's gay. He's either gay or he's questioning. Okay. Because straight men don't continue to stare at you in the eyes. Mm-hmm. So, that's one thing that I've noticed whenever I, like, whenever I'm, like, in public, mm-hmm. I'm, like, someone and I look, and they look away, they're straight. If they continue to look, they're gay. That's so interesting. Okay. But as for someone who is straight, trying to figure out if someone's gay, because I'm not straight and don't have experience, I couldn't really say how, Mm -hmm. um, because I don't know. But you can always, I think you can always kind of just tell yeah I mean sometimes I can but then sometimes I've been in a situation where I've asked and then they got upset because they weren't and then I offended them their masculinity whatever and then I felt like a shitty person and their masculinity is very fragile Yeah. no offense to men and no offense to any of you guys that are listening but a majority of men have a very fragile masculinity because of the way that we were raised. Mm-hmm. And we were raised to be this macho, manly yeah. type of man, and so our masculinity is fragile. We need someone to stroke our masculinity. And so I will say that it is easier for them to get offended because they're like, okay, well, what about me? Am I not succeeding at? Mm-hmm. What am I, or not necessarily succeeding at, but saying like, if their masculinity was a performance, they'd be like, okay, well, what in my performance is not right? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Actually, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because then they start to get self conscious, mm-hmm. and they don't want to be less than what they're what their sphere expects them to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no offense to the 
the little masculine men out there. That's fine. They can get over it. <laughs> and if you if you don't get over it, then you are the person that we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, um, one thing that I did in preparation for this podcast is that mm-hmm. I reached out to people that I was surrounded by yeah. and like, Hey, so I'm doing this podcast, you know, we're going to be talking about gay culture, straight culture. What is one thing that you want to know? Like, what is something that you want the answers to? And so I had one listener say that she was interested in knowing if as a gay person, if we felt like there was still a need to come out. And we kind of touched that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say yes and no, again, like it depends on who you grew up with and you know how accepting your family is. Because like my boyfriend, his family was so accepting that he just didn't necessarily have to just come out. Like yeah. been out. <laughs> so I would basically just say, it really just depends on like how you grew up. Mm-hmm. Then the next thing that I heard from someone was that when it comes to coming out, is there like an ideal response that is expected mm-hmm. or like the best way to respond? Yeah. Because what most people are afraid of is that whenever someone comes out, them they're like they don't know what to they don't know what to say like they don't know how to respond Mm -hmm. and so one it's totally normal you're just like because as humans like we get shocked very easily (laughs) when we hear big news and so it's definitely normal to be shocked but it's how you take that feeling of being shocked and what you do with the next Mm -hmm. so i would say that the main thing to focus on whenever someone does come out to you is making them feel like they are accepted mm-hmm. and that, you know, no matter what, like you're still there for them. They haven't lost you. You're not going to treat them any different. Like they are still the same person. Of course they are. Right. <laughs> and so I would basically, you just want to say, you know, well, that's awesome like congratulations on finding yourself like that's so cool that's so great thank you so much for trusting me with this information exactly yeah like they should feel like kind of honored almost you know like that person liked you enough that they chose to tell you this this thing that is so important to them you know you should feel like you know a little happy obviously (laughs) but you know money like entrusted that information to you. Exactly. Yeah. Because something that's big, like I said in the beginning, like coming out to people who aren't out is big to us. And mm-hmm. so it's how you react is something that we're gonna remember forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because especially in the first few people actually I would say to this day, like whenever like most people know that I'm gay just by like looking at me. But even to this day, it's still kind of, like, nerve-wracking to, like, verbally say, like, mm-hmm. I'm gay. Because you still have that reserve that, you know, you're not sure how they're going to respond. 
So you always have to be conscious about how you respond is going to be remembered. Mm -hmm. For sure. So I don't know if you have anything or if you want to ask some of these questions by the listener. Um, Or if you have anything that you want to lead into. (laughs) Um, I mean, I can ask that question if you want me to. Um, So (laughs) whenever it comes to roles in a relationship, is there anyone who is like the stereotypical woman in a relationship and vice versa? And also there's often the question of who's the man slash the woman in the relationship. Right. So the goal is to, okay. So the main point is kind of have like no woman in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of why we're gay. (laughs) But (laughs) I will say there's, depending on the relationship, it kind of just depends on like how things flow. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes there is the stereotypical like housewife or, um, the bread maker mm-hmm. or you know, there's there are these like roles that sometimes do play a role in the relationship yeah however it really kind of just depends on that relationship it's not like it's not like me like i'm not always going to be set to be like the bread maker exactly yeah like if in the next relationship not saying that there will be one <laughs> but and like, i'm not I'm not set on being the bread maker because there's like in in stereotypical straight relationships, the woman is the one that's going to stay home and take care of the kids and, you know, all that jazz. And the man's mm-hmm. going to go to work, bring home, you know, the money. Well, when there's not a woman in the relationship, it kind of gets difficult, like stereotyping. Yeah. Relationship roles. And so it really just kind of is like how it flows in that relationship I guess I guess like there's these certain characteristics that have to make up a relationship like there has to be like all of these like things that have to happen to make like a cohesive like so you think you know whenever people will get married and then it's like the saying two people become one kind of the same thing in a relationship like you want to merge those like um personalities and like those traits in order to work so like I guess like kind of just going off your point like having like the stereotypical like woman or whatever it it doesn't really matter like in that aspect it just matters like what works best for both of y'all like what y'all both bring to the table to like make that self work you know make that two into one exactly that's exactly I 100% agree because it's basically like fitting together a puzzle. Yeah. Because it exactly the way it does, like the exactly the way it's supposed to be. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. <laughs> no. I mean, I don't know if the. Oh, hang on. I'm trying to remember if there's anything else that I think should be discussed. I don't know. Is there anything that you think should be discussed? Honest, we covered a lot today. We really did. We really did. We like encompassed a lot of stuff. Um, So I'm like, I really enjoyed it though. Yeah, I think we encompassed more than we were expecting. For sure. (laughs) 
Is that a good thing or a bad thing? No, it's definitely a good thing. I definitely enjoyed this. Like, I, I really hope that everyone listening is going to find something worth remembering from this. And hopefully, like, there's an issue that we can help you go through and, like, give answers to and, like, even, like, ease your mind and your pain or whatever's going on, any confusion, anxiety, because, like, I feel like that's what we're here for, you know, like... That it's important for everyone to know that regardless, they're loved and accepted. Of course. And that have issues and they have questions and they have concerns if they're having troubles, like, we are those people that we don't mind talking to. Yeah, I would love for someone just to be like, hey, I listen to your podcast and I would love to talk about this or I have questions about this. Like, that would literally make my days to help someone, anyone, literally. That's why why I yeah. made this podcast, actually, and why you're doing your thing. Exactly. Like, as human beings, like, we help one another. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, if someone else is doing better, we're all doing better. Yeah, facts. We got to raise the standard right. of loving. Oh. Right, we up everybody. <laughs> no man left behind, or woman. Nobody left behind. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, well, thank you so much for today. I really loved yeah. it. I love talking to you. I missed you. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll catch you next time with Hotivities. Tivities.